Salmon along with Antonio Morales, as always. And it's another week with a lot going on, so let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> when will Kermit Davis be announced as Ole Miss's <laughs> next head basketball coach? I think it's. I think it seems like any time now. Uh, they're, they're in the NIT. We're recording this Tuesday, Tuesday morning. They play in the NIT tonight. Uh, they host Vermont. Um, but I really think it could be any day now that it happens. Could be this week, later this week. I mean, and uh, it's just there's all signs point toward him. I mean, I think everybody's pretty much reported it now that, you know, Kermit's looking like the guy. Um, so unless everybody's just completely wrong, then um, it seems like Kermit's going to replace Andy Kennedy. Um, he took Middle Tennessee State to the NCAA tournament three times in 16 years over there. Um, he pulled upsets in the first round each of the past two years. I know there's I know there's some concerns about his age and him turning 59 later this year, um, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and how he can get players uh, if this thing becomes official, how he can get players to Ole Miss, how he can get more talent in the program and and stuff like that. I think it would be a pretty good hire. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't really. It's not a, a sexy hire. Um, it's not. It's not going to get everybody all of a sudden buying season tickets. Yeah. That's not going to happen with this hire. But is there somebody out there that Ole Miss was capable of landing that would have done that? (laughs) I mean, realistically. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, is Earl Grant at College of Charleston, is he going to... Oh, no. If he comes... Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be... Like, the attendance at the pavilion isn't going to be booming because they hire Earl Grant. Um if you hire a, like a Vad Mata or a Tom Crean, then maybe, and probably Mata more so than Crean. But I mean, I don't think the the Mata thing was all that realistic. I mean, Ole Miss is a tough job, and it's one of the, I think it's one of the toughest job. It's one of the toughest jobs in the SEC for sure. And why would he? Why would Dad Mata rush back into coaching just to take the Ole Miss job? No, and there are reports coming out today that he is going to go to Georgia, which makes a lot of sense um, mm-hmm. with with Davis though, and why I say it's a it's a good hire. And a lot of people will say, "Well, isn't that the same guy they just had, basically, in Andy Kennedy?" And well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but that's a good hire. I mean, mm-hmm. because the thing with Andy Kennedy is, and Hugh Kellenberger wrote about this in his column way back when it was announced. The thing just ran its course. Yeah, they need a new. Voice. It just yeah. And And he even said that. Right. And the thing is, is that that same type of coach or personality or whatever, that could work. And Davis's personality is different than Andy Kennedy's, but he's still that sort of grinder, X's and O's guy who will develop players and recruit kind of the same type of guys that Andy, Andy Kennedy recruited. But it's different when it's a different person. So, yeah, I think it's a good hire, even though it's it's very similar to Andy Kennedy. The Andy Kennedy situation ran its course, and they needed somebody different. Kermit Davis is different, and although he is similar, he's a different guy. And 
He has credentials. A lot of people also point out the fact that it took him forever to get Middle Tennessee State to uh, to a uh, NCAA appearance, NCAA tournament appearance. Well, you know that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. <laughs> you know, they were, the sun, they, they were in the Sun Belt. I mean, when he first started, I mean, what's the expectation it, it, there? <laughs> yeah, they were in the Sun Belt. They went to then they went to Conference USA. Um, he took he took him. He went to. It was 1988, but I mean, 1989, but he took Idaho 10th Subway Tournament in his first two years as a coach. Um, so, I mean, the circumstances are different. The Sun Belt and the Conference USA were probably one, two bid leagues at most. The SEC, if you're, it seems like if you're finishing in the top half now, this year they got eight teams in, if you're finishing in the top half, you're going to have a chance. Definitely. And I just think I just think that if you look at the last handful of seasons for him at Middle Tennessee State, that's probably. I mean, you can make stats and facts, and over the the, the duration of his tenure, you can make a lot of different things say a lot of different things about his about what he accomplished or exactly. what he didn't do. But I I would guess that based on the people that I've spoken to, just coaches. In the sport, I mean, he's so well respected that I would guess that that's a better picture of what a Kermit Davis team could look like his last handful of seasons there, um, and, and even this season too. The idea of working with less, maximizing the talent that you have, getting guys to reach their potentials, landing landing guys who other programs just missed or they fell through the cracks or wherever you want to put it, I think that's what you have to do at Ole Miss, and I therefore I think the Rebels if they if they do end up hiring Davis, which we said it's looks, it sounds as if it's all but done, according to people that you've spoken to. So, I just think that if they get Kermit Davis, it would probably be the best that they realistically could have done. Yeah, exactly, and this, if the floor was Kermit Davis, and I think that was pretty good for them, all things considered, because uh, I think it's a good hire. Um, I mean, Cal Perry said that. Everybody in the room is going to be dead by the time another <laughs> coach reached the amount of wins Andy Kennedy reached over Ole, there. Ole Miss took a they took a beating at a at a, the SEC tournament, like those Calipari comments and uh, whatever the other coaches were saying about you know Frank Martin that first night after they beat Ole Miss. What Frank um, Martin say? I, I mean, I may have no, missed that. Uh, he didn't really like you know take a crap on Ole Miss or anything, but he said well, he's got to defend his boy. Andy, yeah, he said Andy should have been uh, coach of the year all 12 years he was in the SEC. Well, that's a little much, um, but <laughs> but I get his point. How, because of how tough the Ole Miss job is. Damn. Um, then a couple, of day, a couple of days later, Calipari came out and said what he said. Um, so I think I think Mike Sands you know, tweeted it. He was like, translation, um, the rest of the SEC doesn't think highly of, of the Ole Miss job. And... Um, so we'll see how how Kermit does whenever this thing becomes official and what he has to say and what his plan is and the staff he puts together. There's there's rumors of John Brady, the former LSU coach, joining in some capacity. Um, but we'll see what happens um, and how this all plays out the rest of the week. Obviously, Middle Tennessee hosts Vermont tonight. I believe if they win, if they win tonight, they play Louisville in the next round. Um, so we'll see how far they can go. And who knows if they uh, if they beat Louisville, they could face uh, Mississippi State in the quarterfinals. 
Could happen. Could happen. Last are thing you I'm pumped for. Are you pumped for the NIT? Not really. Uh, last thing before we get to the <laughs> NIT about Davis that I'll point out, though, is that he is very good at energizing a fan base. And now wins have a lot to do with that over there. Exactly. But he is very good. If you look at his Twitter account, if you just uh, yeah, he's very look at the local news outlets and how they cover him mm-hmm. and, and how accessible he is, he's very good at getting people to care about his team. Exactly. And he's been... He's been like doing the media circuit all weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing it on 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 Saturday. He was doing it on Sunday when he's doing it just right now bubble. as we record. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the air somewhere. Yeah, and, he is uh, very good know, at on, that. Yeah, he talked about the Ole Miss job on Monday, and he didn't really deny it. He just said, "I can't say." Oh, yeah, there's no and, denial in there. Yeah, that's um, that probably tells you a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's key for this job too, is the ability to, to sell your program and to get people to care. And that's yeah. something that's, that's what, that, that appears to be a strength, and that's what Ole Miss probably was looking for. Yeah, that's what Ross Bjork said when I had my Q&A with him you know, last month. He said, we need somebody who's going to go out there and sell the program. And I'm, I'm sure Kermit will do that. Um, you know, go out there and speak at certain places, talk to the students, stuff like that. Um, go out in the community. Um, and Kermit has experience doing that, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, he'd be a good hire. He has to finish his NIT run, I guess, first, that NIT championship. <laughs> yeah. uh, the road goes through Starkville, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was looking at, because uh, I'm doing a story on just what's at, you know, what would a deep tournament, uh, excuse me, a deep NIT run mean for <laughs> Mississippi State this year? Because if you recall, there was so much like positive vibes about Ole Miss mm-hmm. last year because they made a nice little run in the NIT yeah. and it they was supposed to, yeah, it was supposed to yeah. set them up for a big year. And then what happens is that narrative changes with like things that matter more, like talent on your roster and coach security. And those things didn't work out so well for Ole Miss. So it's not exactly a an exact science here. And I looked at like the last, like the last four years, who made the semifinal in the NIT. Only four of those teams. So that's sixteen teams we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Only four of those teams made the NCAA tournament in the following year. It just it just raises expectations, and it might raise them unrealistically because I mean, I know teams will say that they'll play hard in the NIT, but it's not the same as the NCAA tournament, obviously. And so, like, the effort and the focus sometimes won't be there. And so, like, Cal State Bakersfield made, I think they made a deep run last year. They did. Um, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss made a run. Um, and I think it kind of, and then when fans see that in the offseason, they're like, oh, you made a deep run in the NIT. That's supposed to be the best of the teams that didn't make the tournament. So maybe next year, if you're returning everybody, you should be in or you should be close to in. That's not. It's logic. It's logical. It makes sense. It just it just isn't exact like that. It, there's just other yeah, factors, exactly. of course. There's turnover. There's transfers. There's like I said, coach security. Uh, we learned that you know the Andy Kennedy situation, for example, him not getting, him not extended. being able to get extended, that probably had an effect on Ole Miss. So there'll be a lot of other things to keep an eye on down the road with Mississippi State, but they do want to be the TCUs of the world, you know, uh, 
make that deep run and then have another good year that gets him like a top 25 Ken Palm ranking, that sort of thing. That's like the dream right there, the TCU situation. Uh, good year last year, better year this year. So, but like I said, not an exact science. And I think I think the Bulldogs are probably the best team in the, they're the best team in the SEC. I shouldn't say probably. I think that's pretty cut and dry in my opinion. They're the best team in the SEC that didn't make the tournament. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who else was even close to the LSU? I mean, LSU was seventeen and fourteen. State just beat them. Yeah, I mean LSU beat them in the regular season pretty well, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I would agree that state. Maybe it's not so cut and dry, but that would be my pick. Yeah, no, for sure. State almost, they almost beat Tennessee um, in their second game. They did, without Nick Weatherspoon. Exactly. For a half. Um, So, yeah, I think they're the best team that's not, the best SEC team that's not in the tournament. That's that's kind of like the crazy thing. Out of all that, out of all that happened in that game, they almost beat Tennessee. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) And, uh, Doesn't exactly, really matter uh, because they didn't beat them, but they were close. It was it was a much better showing against those two teams that they looked like crap against the week before. Very very true. Very very true. Now, in a tournament that does matter is the NCAA tournament for the women's basketball. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the bracket for that. Bulldogs have a decent little road. If I'm any team, if I'm any number one seed, that's the bracket that I pick. <laughs> That's their bracket. I'm not trying to say it's easy, but the three other ones, I don't want to be in the Albany one with South Carolina, which UConn is in, right? Exactly. I don't think I want to be in the, what was it, the Notre Dame one? Mm -hmm, With Oregon. Yeah. Although Mississippi State beat Oregon in the regular season, and it wasn't really that close. But that was a long time ago. I, w- I would say that and that's the Spokane region. I would say the Spokane region and Mississippi State's region are pretty similar. Yeah. I will say that Louisville, number one seed there, in um, in that region, that's the toughest one. I mean, that's Baylor. That's that's deep. Yeah, it, it just seems like Mississippi State has the most manageable. They have the um, they have the fewest top twenty five teams with five. Spokane and Lexington, Lexington, each have six, and Albany has eight. Al- Albany has eight, but that eight includes South Florida, Duke, Mercer, and Belmont, which aren't great teams. Um, they're the bottom feeders of the top twenty five. Bad bad term, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lexington has uh, Tennessee in there, Louisville in there, Baylor, Oregon State, Stanford, and Missouri. That's tough. That's ridiculous. That's 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 any of those teams. If they make it to the Final Four, with probably the exception of Tennessee, just because I've seen them be, be so inconsistent this year. But the other teams. They're all pretty good. They, they they can all make it. Missouri's a really good team, and that's probably the worst-ranked team out of that bunch. So are you looking forward to your trip to Kansas City? I think it will be a long trip, too. I think I think Mississippi, State's get, Mississippi State gets there, and I think they get to the Final Four at least. 
just based on on the bracket and how good they are. I, and and that's all that was always going to be the case. But now with the idea that UConn and South Carolina are both on the other side of the bracket, it makes it easier to kind of see that path without saying to yourself, okay, this is the game we have to watch. Texas is that team that can that is capable of beating Mississippi State. They're really good. They're really balanced. They have four or five scores. They have four they have four scores who have who are averaging at least ten points a game. So they got a lot of things going on. They don't really have a huge weakness at all. So they're a very strong team, capable of it, but it would definitely be a a pretty big upset in my opinion. Not a big upset, but it would be an upset. All that to say, I think on. the Bulldogs are ticketed to at least the Final Four. You're going to have a lot going on pretty soon, man. NIT, woman, uh, the women's team possibly making a Final Four run. You have spring football starting soon, baseball. It's you're, a big uh, bump. You're a busy guy. It's a big bump, <laughs> man. It's, it really is a lot going on. It's, and, you know, the baseball team's actually, like, playing pretty well. People they, people were down on them Valley? for a little while, but they're they're playing pretty well. Granted, they're it's not a, playing the best competition quite yet, but <laughs> that'll change. That'll change this weekend. Mm-hmm. SEC play starting this weekend. They get it's Vanderbilt, a big, too. A big week. Um, Ole Miss has Tennessee. Obviously, Ole Miss right now is in the top ten of the country of most most of the polls. I mean, D1 baseball, I believe they're eighth. Um, USA Today, I know they were ninth last week. It almost just keeps on winning. Uh, Fifteen and one start this season. Granted, the teams they've played haven't exactly been the best. Um, they've taken care of business and they've had a really focused, focused approach to the season. Um, they're not, they haven't let up against you know inferior competition, and they'll get some. They'll get a, another struggling team to play this week in Tennessee. They have to play Georgia State in two midweek games first, but Tennessee comes to town, and Tennessee's been struggling. I think they lost to James Madison like 21-2 to a couple weeks ago or something, um, so they've been struggling. Um, so it should be some more opportunities for Ole Miss to pile up some wins and continue to build some confidence as this season goes on. Those guys that were struggling last year, like a Thomas Dillard, like a Gray Kessinger, Cooper Johnson, those guys are are performing better this season. And that's what Ole Miss thought they were going to do anyway. Uh, Mike Bianco the other day, he said the stigma was they couldn't hit, but they always believed they could hit. Um, they've shown it so far this season. It'll be interesting to see when they play tougher SEC competition, how all that stuff pans out. Do you think at the end of the season they're a top 10 team? I think top 15. Um, Why not top, top 10? 10. I just need to see them play against better teams before I'll consider them top ten. They still, um, I mean, the teams they the teams they played when you combine the records are at least like ten games below five hundred. So I want to see them play against some of the SEC's better competition before I proclaim them a top ten team. Fair. That's fair. So you're not impressed yet with Dillard once he's what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, he's doing really well right now. I think he leads the team in stolen bases. I think he's he ranks pretty highly in stolen bases in the SEC. I think um, he's got a near perfect percentage. He's only been caught stealing like once a season. Um, then he's you know hitting well right now. 
Um, I know that's your guy. You're a big fan of Thomas Dillard. Um, so he'll be worth keeping an eye, an eye on as the season progresses. Yeah, I, I just like guys who hit home runs. <laughs> How many home runs does he hit? I think four. Wow, that's five. a lot. That's good. That's He's pretty good, Brett though. Rooker. He's not on the Brett Rooker pra- on the Brett Rooker pace, but you know. Nah, I mean, good. well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mississippi State would be uh, very pleased if somebody was on half of that pace right now. <laughs> that said, they, they, their their freshmen are playing pretty well, for what it's worth, right now, and I think that their season will be dictated by how long that lasts. I'm not saying that it will. Um, all of a sudden go to uh, go to crap here. But I, I think that that's something to be cognizant of, though. Just the idea that more than likely these guys are going to some sometime, at some point, hit some sort of wall. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. But history says that they probably will. So how far or how good they can, how good they can be before that happens or – you know, what can they get out of them before that happens, if that happens? And, and that would be, that's what would largely dictate where Mississippi State ends up because you kind of know what they're getting with that pitching staff right now, at least. Uh, the early indications are that Ethan Small is very healthy right now and he's, his stuff is looking good and he's able to command his stuff, which was the key. Connor Pilkington is a, a Friday night ace. Everybody knows that. And then Sunday, Jacob Billingsley has been pretty solid. And you pretty much know what you're going to get out of Jacob, Jacob Billingsley, a five, six inning guy, probably at best. If he can control his stuff, he'll do some soft contact and get some outs that way. And they have some more depth there. And then hitting wise, you have Mangum and Stovall at the top. The rest of the way, that was pretty, uh, pretty young. You know, your three, four, five hitters, pretty much all freshmen. Most likely, unless you mix in a Luke Alexander there or some or Hunter Bansaw in there somewhere. But other than that, it's all freshmen. So, like I said, a lot will rely on the young guys for, for the Bulldogs, which maybe is a good thing that they have Gary Henderson, a, uh, an experienced guy who knows when to give guys days off when they're struggling. We already saw that this year with Josh Hasher, the first baseman. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think uh, uh, think things will be uh, – Pretty good for the Mississippi State, for the Mississippi schools in baseball, once again. Exactly. I wanted to ask, I know you've been busy with men's and women's basketball, but now it's kind of a couple weeks removed from the Andy Canizaro stuff. What's like the atmosphere like with that team right now? That's a good question. I think for the most part, they've moved past it. And I think a lot of fans... A lot of fans, it will be like one of the first things they bring up if you speak to them, like sort of one-on-one, although they don't want to say that on Twitter. Um, it, it is the, one of the first things that they bring up, and that's natural. And it's a natural question to ask, but I think for the most part, the, the games have been played since, and they pretty much moved on as best as they can, which their record indicates. If they were falling apart, if they were losing games, then you'd raise an eyebrow and say, "Well, maybe this is having some sort of bad, some sort of bad impact on this team." But they're playing relatively well, and they're winning for the most part the games that they should be winning. And I think that trip to that trip in Houston, now what basically two weeks ago, where they had where they had that three game uh, sweep over there, 
that was really a game changer for them, or at least it could be a turning point in their season because before that, people were marking those down as three losses, you know, and uh, they ended <laughs> yeah. up being three wins, and they've looked pretty solid since. So th- things are shaping up, and I, and I think that they've moved past it as best as they could have possibly moved past something as enormous as that. Yeah, is that sudden and that that kind of surreal um, as that situation was. Yeah, yeah. The only other news was uh, DJ Jeffries committing to Kentucky. Do we care about that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you probably more so than I. I mean, Ole Miss wasn't really in the running for him. Um, well, I mean, they don't got a head coach, so <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure if they're in the running for anybody right now. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I know Mississippi State was in the final three. That's what it came down to, Alabama, Kentucky, and Mississippi State, right? Yeah, that, that was the the final three that he released on Twitter. I know Mississippi State has tried for him for a very long time. Personally, I thought that it was always a Kentucky lean for him. Mm-hmm. And Mississippi State was sort of always on the outside looking in, but there's good and bad to being the top three in a, in a recruiting thing. Now it's never good to to publicize a loss, I guess. <laughs> like, especially if that's like one of the kids in your state. But my take is that it's better than it's better to be like not in it at all. Like Ole Miss, Ole Miss for example, mm-hmm. they're not in on that kid at all. So that doesn't look good. I, I would rather be the team that's in the top three. <laughs> exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, you'd rather have. A lottery ticket than not. Yeah. I mean, I, and I also think there's no shame in losing a kid to Kentucky. So I guess it depends on – what it really depends on is how much time and effort and resources you're investing into the kid, mm-hmm. knowing that he's probably going to go somewhere else. Or maybe you don't think that and you just, you know, try to – convince yourself that he's always coming to Mississippi State. But if you're doing that, how much how much time and resources are you putting into that kid? That would be the real thing for me is because otherwise, is that worth it? Is the trade-off worth it? That's what you would really have to sort of think about. Anything else you want to talk about this week, man? Any other news going on in Starkville? Ole Miss's women's basketball search. I saw some reports, people saying that uh, it's gonna it's gonna ramp up once the selection. It was gonna ramp up after the selection show. Um, you've already had your candidates. And Where's about Troy at? Show. Did Troy make the tournament? Did you <laughs> I check. Don't know, I did not see. Wow, you didn't even did check. check. <laughs> didn't even check. I think they did actually. I think they did. I'm tempted to like check right now. Probably should. I, I have the bracket. I have the bracket up, and I don't see them in here. I think they got left out. Well, I already made my pick clear, and I'm already mm-hmm. one for one because it's all but done that Kermit Davis is going to be the coach <laughs> over there. So I'm already marking myself down as one for one right now, and I think and I'm going to be two for two. You were you were pretty good on the Matt Luke, on the Matt Luke front too. Yeah, so let's let's call it let's call it two for two right now, and um, looking for three for three. <laughs> and you're you're the search firm pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I know I know nothing about about Ole Miss, but I'll tell you what they're gonna do. 
You have pretty good uh, insight. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good uh, at predicting their coaching switches. We'll see. Next time we will probably see by the time we talk next, and we'll probably do some spring football. That sound good? Yep. Do a little bit of that. See where the women basketball team is at. Where the uh, men's team is at in the NIT a little bit. And do some takeaways from Kermit Davis's press conference, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, that's the key word there. But for now, we'll call it a day. Thank you guys for listening to us on All About That Egg. You can find our podcast really wherever you do get your podcast, whether that be SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever else. And we also post the podcast on clarionledger.com where you can check out all of our latest on Ole Miss and Mississippi State, uh, plus high schools, Southern Miss, recruiting, your regular news too, especially if you live in Jackson, all that type of good stuff. Thanks again for listening, guys. Until next time.